This episode of Cut the Foreplay is brought to you by Java. We're in a monogamous relationship and everything that's about to unfold will be as moist as their cakes. Can we cut? I, I just, I shouldn't have said the word moist. I hate the word moist. Moist. Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Welcome to another episode of Cut the Fourth Flame. My name is Nadia Fravier. I'm your host for this and every other episode until the internet goes away. I have a little isolation booth that I record these episodes on, and sometimes, often actually, I put a little cloth on top to help with the reverb. And today, the cloth that I have on here says, dip me in chocolate and feed me to the lesbians. Um, Take that to heart. I mean it. Do it for me. That would be lovely. So, um, it was uh, Eid, and I spent it with my family, which was quite lovely. I wore the nice sari sari, I ate bran bran. I don't know why it has to be twice when I'm doing it in an Indian accent. So here's something that was um, reiterated to me in my body, mind, heart, and soul. And it sounds weird when I say it out loud, but it stands true always. Whenever I wear sari, salwar, kameez, whenever it is, like birthdays, um, weddings, often on Fridays as well, because my family is full of practicing Muslims, and you know I love to be festive. So I'm like, I'm ready. Whenever I wear those outfits, I immediately feel like a traitor because it feels very much like me. I feel the clothes mirror my heritage, my experiences, and uh, my family's experiences. And then I, I feel almost bad for the version of me that has to wear all the westerny white people f- clothes. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It's like it's like that weird 90s movie with that hot mixed race dude from One on One. You know, like from the dude from Cousin Skeeter, where he it's called In His Shoes, and he wears his dad's shoes and he becomes his father. Or like the Adam Sandler remake called Cobbler, where he's a cobbler and the dude, people bring in their shoes and he wears them and he becomes those people. So I immediately feel like I take on this role wholly. And when I take off the outfit, I'm like, oh, you know, wearing my bucket hat and my Backstreet Boys T-shirt and the leather jacket isn't very far off from me. And then once I wear the saris again, I'm like, who the fuck is this Western girl? Betrayal. She will never find a husband. Please tweet me, it's Nadia Favre. Let me know if you go through that struggle, if you're raised in a big city or if you're raised in a place that isn't dense with your cultural heritage. Uh, how do you navigate that? Especially people that are multiracial or biracial, you're always kind of just like, fucking purgatory. A few things that I saved that I wanted to talk to you about before we even start the episode. Demi Lovato has released a vibrator called the Demi Wand. There's pictures of them holding the wand very suggestively in this leather leotard. I hope that the leather is vegan. Um, They look delicious. I'm getting... It's very, it's very difficult to look at the picture and talk to you about it at the same time. Uh, Google it and you are absolutely fucking welcome. Will I be buying the Demi wand? No, I will not because as I had said in the previous episode, I bought a boatload of sex toys when I was away and I'm still enjoying the current wand that I have that's rose gold and sleek. So, but maybe in the future, if they give it to me for free and they use it on me. (laughs) 
cross my fingers, it could happen one day. Bad baddie, you remember the cash me outside girl, uh, shares proof of her OnlyFans earnings racking up to over, racking up over 52 million since April of last year. We all know she turned 18 last year. She started the OnlyFans account. 24 hours later, homegirl had like 18 to 19 mil. And uh, I want to say some things, just the trajectory of her existence has been the most absurd thing to watch. I think she was like sucking dick for a can of coke and her mom was like, Susan, you can't act like that. I'm gonna get you on Dr. Phil. And then she goes to Dr. Phil. She's like, catch me outside. And then time elapses. Now she's a millionaire showing her titties on the interwebs. Really, you never know what each day is gonna hold, do you? Viola Davis as... Viola Davis as Michelle Obama, Perso heavy getting Oprah Dallas. Uh, Michelle Obama, no, no, that's not what I was gonna say. I got lost. Viola Davis as Michelle Obama, absolutely terrible choice. I think the the, the show just dropped and uh, the eyebrows, haram. Honestly, if somebody said that I I had to unplug my internet and I just wouldn't have that image in my mind anymore, I may actually give it up. Keep in mind that this is all my source of dick, dick pics, titty shots, and income. And I would still give it up never to see those motherfucking eyebrows on Viola Davis. I'm not the hugest Michelle Obama fan. I like her arms. Do I care about anything else? Not really, but does she deserve being represented like that? Absolutely not. So, where do I begin? Born in the 1990s, just like me! The relational aesthetics movement saw a group of artists endeavoring to facilitate interaction and communication between artist and viewer through participatory installations and events. So relational artists rejected making conventional art objects and instead what they would do is they would opt to engage audiences by creating situations that call for interpersonal interactions. In 1997, a Berlin-based artist named Hans Hemmert? Hemmert? Um, uh, most famous for his work with balloons, hosted a party where guests wore shoe extenders. I know this is, sounds super random, but I, I, this is so fascinating to me. To make them all the same height of two meters, bringing all the partygoers to a common eye level, the shoes all made from blue foam, highlighted the person's real height in the visual uniformity of the soul instead of at the head, like a walking bar graph. Entitled Level, the project was produced for the Personal Absurdities show at Gallery Gabor... This is not for ethnic people to pronounce! At Gallery Gabor... in Berlin. How it came about was this dude, uh, as a child, was super captivated by the idea of working with his hands. Stop it. Nadia, don't. I always find uh, this type of uh, art so interesting. When I, I think I talked about this in the last uh, uh, podcast, but I went to a light and sound art show at a museum and I fucking hated it. I didn't get it at all. Uh, (laughs) I said this before and I'll say it again. I know it's slightly offensive, but it was giving me Windows 98 and I wasn't digging it. But I did go to a historical art museum with paintings and sculptures from the mid-1800s to the early 1900s. 
1900s and I was fucking blown away. I find stuff like this really amusing. Like what made him think that this was something that he wanted to indulge in? I absolutely cannot understand. If we're going to oversimplify it, I also do wonder that if I walked into a party and everybody was eye to eye uh, with me, if that would change my perception of who they were and what kind of interest I would have in them. More naturally, you find that you're attracted to people that are the similar, for me at least, height and size. I love like taller people. I love like lanky people. I'm not opposed to a short king or a short queen. It does remind me of this episode of Sex and the City where Samantha s sits next to this guy and he's like super dirty and she's so into it. He's got his suave like 90s middle part haircut and then they exchange numbers and he gets up and he's uh, a little person. And of course, you know, Sex and the City was woke but not too woke and she was... <laughs> she didn't know what to do and she ended up... Uh, uh, I think hooking up with him and I can't remember the sex was good, but she felt weird about it. Similar situations have come up so much and I know it's such a small thing. Height is such a small thing. This is, of course, I think a decade later on 30 Rock, Liz Lemon dates a little person as well. And it's Peter Dinklage from uh, Game of Thrones. And I remember she starts to freak out because she doesn't want to say the wrong thing. And she says, what if I ask if I can play his Nintendo Wii? And I remember being like, what the fuck? What kind of random concern is that? And uh, I mean, I mean, that's obviously going off off topic. I there's a lot of things that are centered around height, and uh, I've dated people shorter than me, taller than me, same height as me, and it's never made a difference to me. But I think there's a bias somewhere in there in our heads from consuming all of this content uh, that it would be very interesting to address. I was having this conversation with somebody um, a couple of months ago where they're asking me if I watch Euphoria and I was like, yeah, you know, it's a show technically full of hot people. And they're like, oh, who do you, who are you attracted to the most? Or who do you find the most attractive? And I said, Kat. And uh, her reaction was just complete surprise because she then asked me, I didn't know you were attracted to bigger people. And I was like, what the fuck? My entire existence is literally about being a horn dog and being attracted to straight up hotties and in whatever shape or size, color, blah, 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 that comes in, I will consume it. My only bias is uh, I, I will not touch you sexually if you say hangovad because it's already... Hungover is already the past tense. How can you double past tense? Are you talking about in a past life? Let's talk about May. Let's talk about May. Bye. Bye. Bring back that era of the 90s where people do the happy new month uh, to everyone. Uh, very exciting to be alive in this time. Here are some of the offers that Java has for the month of May. All smoothies going for 300 shillings. I go for a peanut butter, banana, almond milk smoothie. It's great. It keeps me filled and the peanut butter just goes straight to my ass, which is what the good Lord needs for me. Snatch waist, big old wagon, snatch waist, big old wagon. Full Java breakfast plus a single hot beverage going for 600 shillings. Snatch waist, big old wagon. Uh, all salads at 750 shillings. Grilled chicken and a beef fajita plus free soda at 990. This one's going all the way to mid month. 
that's the 15th of May, and it's across all Java branches. These are some really exciting offers, and I want to give you uh, and your bestie a chance to go eat there and live your best life. So if you have a biryani bestie, please tweet them uh, on any of my social media platforms, and I will be sending you guys uh, to go eat at Java. I've got three 1K vouchers, and I need to get them off my chest. So clickety-clack-clack, and uh, make the tingling happen. Okay, double dick. And it's not the good kind because it's, uh, well, it's about a baby. Um, but also, you would think that a time where we're talking about two penises on this show would be about double penetration or a pig roast. It's not! It's about a baby getting his penis cut off. So, hold on to your wigs, honey! A boy who was born with two penises, peni, uh, had to have one removed. But, fun fact for you, the doctors removed the larger one. This article, uh, that I was looking at was super pissed. They're like, how dare they take away this little boy's big dick. And I was like, people need to relax with the emphasis on size. I feel like this episode should have been just generally about height and size. The youngster from Brazil is one in a million baby boys to be born with a duplicated penis. Doctors said to date only a hundred men with the condition called diphalia. Diphalia. Man, I would have taken biology in uh, university if I'd known that I'd host a podcast where I'm constantly talking about body parts that I can't fucking pronounce. Have been uh, reported in medical literature. Uh, They described their own case report in the Journal of Pediatric Urology of a boy who had two penises, peni, that lay side by side. I don't like the term lay. And I don't mind flaccid penises. I think they're still beautiful. But lay is the same. It's giving me mwaga. (laughs) It's giving, you know, when, when, when people in Swahili describe somebody with a big bum that sat down there like, and then it just mwagat on the seat. Swahili is such a vivid language. Like that tweet where the girl's talking about a Gen Z boy who's courting her and she's like, atani pendua kama mahindi choma. Pendua. I hate it. He had a complete defilia. As opposed to having only an accessory penis or stump. Oh, it's like when people have thumbs and they have the little thumb. This guy was just full on two dicks. The unnamed patient was two years old by the time he had surgery for reasons that were not explained. Observing that the left penis was larger, the team of doctors had planned to save this one and got rid of the smaller one and get rid of the smaller one. Both penises, although different in size, were visibly similar and working. The mom said that both penises had the ability to become erect. I want to die. Thank you. That's the end of the podcast. The mom said that both penises had the ability to become erect, but the examinations showed each penis had only one of two corpora cavernosa, spongy columns of tissue that fill with blood and cause the penis to harden. Medics discovered that the boy could only urinate from the smaller penis, confirmed by mother. I love that the mother is like, no, 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 save the big dick. <laughs> Even though he can't pee from it. Just put a little bag on the side. You're kosher. <laughs> 
I had to take my nephew at one month old to get circumcised. And very conveniently, my sister was like, oh, you know, I just gave birth. I need to sit outside. I'm tired. And her husband was like, I got something in my eye. I'm just going to go to the next room. And then it was just me at 18 years old holding on to this baby as a doctor snipped off his foreskin. I have never felt involuntary tears run down my face like that. That shit is nasty. It looks so fucking painful. And I'm a person that's only good with words. I don't like sure I can like rub somebody's back and be like I hope that comforts you but my entire love language is centered around words. It's a baby! So my face just leaked and I was like this is disgusting. I'm gonna throw up. I would not I would not recommend absolutely zero out of ten. Don't watch somebody get their force skin cut. Only touch foreskin in a nice way that makes people feel pleasure with consent. An adult. My best friend is uh, expecting next month and it's the highlight of my year. Just watching the baby grow in her belly, just thinking about uh, playing with this child and a new addition to our lives. And she had to do that the test to see if the baby could potentially have Down syndrome and a slew of other things. And it's so hard to look at that and wait for the result and try to imagine what would happen if that were to be the truth. But there's so many things that you also can't anticipate. You think this woman said, oh, I'm pregnant. My baby's gonna have two dicks. She definitely didn't. So if at any point you have an auntie who's like, oh, why don't you want to have kids? Give them this podcast to listen to. One, because your auntie might be hot and then she goes slide into my DMs real quick. But two, it'll get her off your back. A top, first, a top. No, the story is not about me. Ayo, gudum, boom. I know in the second season or third season, I promised that the show was going to be successful enough for me to hire a stranger in the corner to do the drums when I tell a good joke or a zinger, uh, but uh, it hasn't. That's okay. My mouth does a good job and I've never gotten complaints there. Heyo, she done did it again. A top scientist is plotting a mission to find what he believes is alien technology lying at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. On all of my search engines, social media, one of the top things that I have in terms of uh, wanting to receive information about is AI, aliens, any form of UFOs, any life outside this planet, uh, because I find that shit so fascinating and so true. Controversial astrophysicist Avi, oh man, these names, Avi, 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 believes an interstellar object that crash landed on Earth in 2014 was some form of spacecraft. A U.S. Space Command report released last week confirmed that the object was from another star system. Apparently, the agency concluded that the projectile, I'm so biased, concluded the projectile which streaked across the sky off the coast of uh, Papua New Guinea was a meteor. Now, this astrophysicist and Nadia are having none of it. He claimed on Wednesday that the object could have been built by extraterrestrials. Our discovery of an interstellar meteor heralds a new research frontier. The fundamental question is whether an, any interstellar meteor might indicate a composition that is unambiguously artificial in origin. Better still, perhaps some technological components would survive the impact. His bold claims frequently make headlines and he has faced criticism from others in his field over his outlandish extraterrestrial terrestrial theories. He works with students at Harvard, 
And a pair of them wrote a paper about it, but were instructed not to publish it because they used classified government data for their research. After the USSC confirmed their hunch on April 7th, calling him for an expedition to find whatever is left of the object, in his essay he noted that the retrieval expedition could be achieved using scooping magnets to explore the 10 square kilometer region of the Pacific Ocean where the object is thought to have landed. My dream is to press some buttons on a functional piece of equipment that was manufactured outside of this earth and baby I believe you will achieve it here's the thing about all these stories is that they don't add up and I don't want to sound like somebody who's like about the conspiracy theory life but if we're to look at life objectively as it were a play passing scenes passing scenery the whole shebang if you look at it like that and uh, it's the beginning of a disaster movie and you see this frantic professor who's like trust me there's like aliens out there this uh, unidentified object that crashed into the water belongs to the aliens we'd be like ah you're so fucked you're so dumb and this really random but super fucking hot radio host was kind of preaching the same thing you'd be like what a dumb bitch and then everything would come crashing down and you'd go oh wait plot twist the aliens are real it's just so funny because especially the American government is always like either no comment or it's not true or it's potentially true and then no comment it's not true where there's smoke there is fire my friend it's giving R. Kelly so we've all heard this (laughs) this story has absolutely sent me we've all heard jokes about women faking orgasms in the bedroom one of I just I hate it when people make jokes about that because I don't think that should ever be a thing but I also don't blame women for doing it because we live in a world that uh, prioritizes men's pleasure and uh, for women to inflate their ego so if you've ever done it I'm not judging you at all I'm just saying that if you have room to change and you feel like you can please don't fake it so you can then tell the truth and be like you know what you absolutely suck don't do this whatever it is that you're doing to other women go home and practice instead until you feel like you can actually do delicious things to people then do it keeping that in mind I don't think sex is about having orgasms it's about uh, giving each other pleasures of all kinds but sometimes often most of the time coming is lovely PSA ended the breakfast club (laughs) co-host DJ Envy's wife Gia Casey is admitting she did it in real life and consistently oh this story kills me the couple sat down with the shade room to have an intimate chat uh, and discuss their new book called real life real love life lessons on joy pain and magic that holds us together I'm also going to come up with a book called Nadia Favorite I love to eat hot dogs and I was walking down the street one day and I thought this would make a good title for a book so I made it the title of my book that's a fucking dumb name for a book why would they name their book that why is it so long that's not catchy at all I don't like hot dogs that much I'm more of a burger person, but uh, pizza above all. I think it goes pizza, burger, hot dog. Though, let that not serve as an indication of how I feel about phallic objects. Most young girls and even many, many, many women, I'm sure so many women can relate, don't know how to achieve an orgasm. She said a lot of people have no idea what it feels like to have an orgasm through sexual intercourse. Uh, We would be intimate and he would be putting his best foot forward. He lives to make me feel happy, so I would see him trying and really going to work. You want to reward that man for that work and then the only reward that you can have to offer is an orgasm, but even 
even if I didn't feel it, I would still be performative. Oy, oy, oy. In uh, introspect, Casey says she realized he couldn't help her reach an orgasm because she didn't know what she needed to get there. He was doing everything a man could do to please a woman. The problem was I didn't know my own body. DJ Envy then jumped into the conversation to talk about the moment his wife admitted she wasn't satisfied in bed. Oh my god, I'm like schwitzing. That is like my biggest nightmare. Not because I need to be perfect sexually, but because uh, if I'm with somebody for years and after we have sex, you're like, well, that was nice. <laughs> cool. It's been seven years and uh, I've been blue balled this entire time. I would... I would wither and die. Whether you were faking deriving pleasure from a conversation or like sexual intercourse, either way, I would feel so bad. Ah, he said we had gotten into an argument and then she was like, well, you know, I don't, oh, well, 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 well. <laughs> well, you know, I don't be having an orgasm. And I was like, yes, you do. I hear it. And she was like, no, I'm faking it. I'm like every time. And she was like, yeah. And that just crushed me because I thought I was putting in work. And see, that's that's really awful that she saved it at a point to use it as ammunition. Like, mm -mm, I don't like this Maya Casey or whatever your name is. They had to have a conversation about the things and the chat uh, didn't happen until about 10 or 11 years into marriage. I can't even finish that sentence. 10 years of no orgasm with your partner. Uh-uh. This is not judgment for, this is heartbreak for me. Uh-uh. Sometimes I'm having a really bad day and an orgasm is the only thing that'll get you through and a good cup of coffee or a good cup of tea, nice conversation. Sometimes I just stand and look at myself naked in front of the mirror and I'm like, damn, those are some nice titties and then I feel happy so I guess there's other things to be fair but um yeah wow tough I have personally never faked an orgasm uh because I don't like giving people participation trophies <laughs> ah that's so rude